Welcome to the Men Talk About podcast. My name is Paul Newell. I am the host of this podcast, and this podcast is for men, men's development, men's inner work, men's education. Now, there are going to be those that are honing in on the masculine energy. This podcast is good for you as well. Today, we dive into resilience and the tools and tactics that can be used to tap into our resilience and extract extract the wisdom from it. Now, the, the thing that's really cool is I like playing with words and, and resiliency means the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness, or the ability to bounce back being elastic and in life listen things are going to go awry it's the constant and what do we do and in today's podcast connecting with Jason Holzer and hearing his wisdom from his experience uh, is tip top and I'm, ex- I'm, I'm really in, in joy that you all get to hear this. So without any further ado, here's Jason Halzer and I speaking on wisdom from resilience along with the uh, other topics along or in alignment with that. So enjoy and talk to you at the end. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is another episode of the Men Talk About Podcast. This is your host, Paul Newell. And I am excited, as always, every time I get on these podcasts, I'm excited because I know what's coming. Well, at least I know the guest <laughs> that's, that's here. And today I have Jason Holzer um, and, uh, out of Kansas City, Missouri. And I am excited to have him here for several reasons. Um, first of all, uh, I'm excited to have him here because we had a conversation uh, recently, uh, actually yesterday, and we uh, became connected to um, our our mutual uh, contact, Scott Mason. And I really, after talking to Jason, I knew after about like five, 10 minutes talking to this dude, like I wanted to have him on this podcast to talk about what he does and who he is and what he's bringing out into the world and, and, and after, after hearing a little bit of his story and his why, I'm excited and ecstatic for you all to hear this as well. So um, Jason here, we have Jason. He's a certified thought coach. He is a mental fitness uh, guide for athletes, and he is a post-traumatic growth storyteller, which we're going to dive into a little bit because there's some goodness to that. So uh, Jason, you want to uh, say some words as, uh, as uh, we welcome you to the podcast, my friend? Yeah, Paul, what's good, man? Uh, so excited to be on here today and, you know, really just allowing the conversation to uh, really drop those, you know, awesome uh, knowledge points that we talked about yesterday that, that just came naturally from what you and I have been studying and learning. And, uh, and I think the best thing we can do is share what we've learned to other people to to help others as much as possible. Yeah, man. That's, man, thank you for that and welcome. Uh, and when I say a shay, for people that um, are hearing this, basically it's a, it's a Yoruba term, um, uh, African term for mean, meaning blessings and power to your words, almost as if it's saying, and so it is. So, and so it is for this podcast. And Jason, as you as your ta- as your uh, as you came in, one of the things that um, I have yet to mention that you do, which I hold in high regard, is that you're a teacher. And um, I've always, I don't know, it's a thing I've always, I always see teachers as people with a tremendous amount of heart, patience, skill, um, situational and emotional awareness and intelligence. And um, I'm curious for you, right, with, with, with and I'm just, we're just going to dive right in. So I'm curious for you, Jason, because um, I know you're, 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 you're doing a couple, you're, you're spinning a couple different plates right now. So as a teacher, and especially getting into going back into a school year coming up, what are some of the key takeaways 
uh, or key things that are activating in you now as we go into this new school year under these uh, conditions of COVID and um, masks and uh, dis-ease? Yeah, you know, I almost uh, almost feel like a first-year teacher again in a lot of ways. You know, like, I don't know what to expect. You know, I don't know how things are going to go. I don't know, you know, how often we're going to be in school, maybe out of school, you know. And the, really the thing that I can think of is the only thing I can control is myself. Am I prepared? Mm. Am I, you know, do I have social distance activities? In the, and I, I teach PE, you know, so it's like, how do I – create safe activities and so it, it's it's it really like sparks creativity within you because like you got to get really think outside of the box because a lot of things that i used to that kids love like is that going to be the safest activity for them you know so it's reevaluating right. a lot of what you do um and I, i'm taking this as a as an opportunity for growth like you know it's going to be uncomfortable it's going to be different than anything that i've experienced before in my previous 10 years of teaching but uh right. you know i think it's it's good for kids to be in school as safe as possible if we can, just from a social aspect. Mm, thank you for that, man. It's it's interesting that you mentioned that. It, it what I'm hearing you say is it's like you're you're a beginner again. Um, you're you're starting over um, with with this uncertainty. And as I was thinking about that question, um, knowing we were going to be on the podcast, it led me to one of the things that you're doing as far as the post-traumatic growth, being a post-traumatic growth storyteller. And I'm curious um, from your perspective with everything that is going on, with this uncertainty that we're, we're, we're learning to navigate, how do you see, well, what are the ways you see this situation as traumatic? And what are the ways that you see that there can be growth from it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, trauma in a lot of ways is uh it's an experience you know it's uh something that where your life has you know completely altered like on a dime you know it's and it's something that you know it's either a great loss or it's uh you know it's something that will forever change your life uh, moving forward and you know for me whenever i experienced trauma i lost my dad to suicide whenever i was 17. you know so covid was was you know, kind of easier for me to, to flip the script because I'd already done it. You know, I'd already been there whenever I was a 17 year old and I, and I figured it out then. So I was like, well, I can do this again. My family's still healthy, mm-hmm. you know, and right. I, I have all, I have all, all the people I love with me still. It wasn't like I lost somebody. I just lost the way I did things, you know? So I think from a growth standpoint, like, you know, getting uncomfortable, like, and, and I think it's setting goals too. You know, I think it's uh you know, what do you really, what do you really want getting clear on, on the things that you want in life? Because sometimes, you know, whether it's maybe a job loss or it's, you know, something like that, sometimes those things maybe happen and you can have the perspective of like, Oh, that's traumatic or, Oh, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. But some people find that as the best thing that's ever happened to them because they hated what they were doing anyways. You know, so now they get a chance to, <laughs> they get a chance to maybe reinvent themselves, and and they were just waiting for something to come along to the, for them to have to step into that space. Yeah, dude, I laugh because I I look at it, I I see, I look at it from that perspective, right? I see it as like, yo, this is an opportunity. Like, oh, listen, whatever left, like I really wasn't digging it anyway. And I also see the opposite end where people are like freaking out. They're trying to hold on to something that was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and are resistant in my judgment of of embracing what is possible like what's here and and you said something that is so key getting clear getting clear on what's possible and this brings me to another thing that you're doing because speaking of getting clear and and getting uncomfortable and it's something we started talking about yesterday at, from with more along your hat as the certified thought, um, I, I call it the coach guide, like getting uncomfortable and getting clear. How much of that would you say um, can be cleaned up with thought and how much of that is cleaned up with action? Well, I think it's, uh, I think it's thought first, you know, because thought leads to emotions, emotions lead to actions, actions lead to reactions. So 
you know, we talked about yesterday, I remember too, you know, sometimes it's not doing what you, what you want to do, what you think you want to do, but it's doing what resonates with you. And that goes back to, you know, what did you love? What was your highest of highs? What do you love to do? What felt free and easy to you whenever you were a kid? And that, and then on the opposite side of that, what's your, what's your biggest pain moment? What's the thing that really, you know, like for me, it was losing my dad to suicide. So now I'm advocate for suicide prevention, post-traumatic growth, you know, uh, healing yourself after losing somebody. Like those are the things that, you know, what resonate with you because you've experienced the best of times and you've experienced the worst of times. And that kind of gives you a guide on your goals. Like, you know, what do I want to do? And I, and so now I'm like, you know, I've written a book, you know, and I'm a, I'm an Amazon bestselling author on my, on my book about my story about losing my dad to suicide. Um, I'm creating a, um, a online program that helps kids develop essential life skills through sports, because again, sports are something I loved as a kid. So I've, I've looked back and I was like, what were the two things? Not, not the things in the middle. Cause you really get tend to get apathetic on those times that, you know, like you're just living life and it's kind of average. But again, right. really your best moments and your lowest moments and using those as trigger points to, to help you find your purpose, passion, um, and the drive to, you know, find your impact. Man, this is, it's like you have, what I'm hearing you say, it's like there's guideposts um, where it's like, it's either I could come from or I could go towards. Um Question for you, like, can you um, can you let the listeners know what's the name of your book? Um, yeah, you can go check that and pick it up. It's called uh, "Shattered by Suicide, Renewed by Resilience: How to Move Forward After Being Whoa. Left Behind." <sighs> Breathing that in for a moment. Um, wow, man! What? So I want to dive into some more of that, but like hearing about your experience in losing your dad uh, from suicide, can you take me through, uh, I'm, I'm curious what that experience was like of writing the book about how you've grown from that experience. What was that, what was the process like for you being able to pin that and then getting that out to the, to the people? Yeah, you know, um, so I, I also, so how I got the idea to write a book, you know, cause I, my, my degree is in uh, phys ed, sports management. So in college I went the sports route and cause that's what I loved. And then, so uh, there's nothing about me that said, Hey, this guy's going to be an author, right? There's nothing about, you know, anything that I've done, but I was actually, I get a chance to travel and do basketball camps for a company called breakthrough basketball. And I was driving out to Eastern Ohio, which is kind of a small town. And my intuition kicked in and it said, right. And I was like, and it was just nagging voices. And then I got back like, right, right, right. So over like the next year and a half, I wrestled with it. And I was like, I don't know how to write a book. I, and I told my wife, I was like, I think I'm supposed to write a book. She was like, you are? Okay, what do you do that? She <laughs> yeah. was like, she's supportive about we? it. She's I like, love that. Well, she's like, yeah. what does that even mean? I was like, I don't know. But, you know, when when things you feel like come to you naturally, you just, things find a way to get done. Um, and so yeah. I spent the following summer writing, I wrote like 500 words a day. I, and it was from, and I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in two feet in because there's no impact without vulnerability. And so I went in as like, without, with the, we, with the reader, I want them to experience is what, what I went through firsthand, like you, I like putting you in my shoes of what losing somebody to suicide looks like from my perspective. And I, and I feel like there's a lot of emotions that would, that are transferable um, to other, other traumas as well. And I just wanted the reader to, to really get a grasp of, you know, how, how much it, it affects a person, especially a 17 year old, um, you know, having such a, such a devastating experience like that. Yeah, man. Damn, man. I, I mean, uh, Wow, I, I'm 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 thinking about that experience, and also I'm thinking about. I just wrote some notes down. A couple things really stuck out to me about uh, as you were describing that experience. The first thing that stuck out was that you had the intuition to write, and you slept on it. Now I'll free of sleeping on it, but it was kind of like this rumbling. It sounds like where it's like, am I supposed to write a book? And then you you wrote 500 pages a day, so you had the commitment you stepped into the commitment and then 
the thing that really was the cherry on top for me was when you said there's no impact without vulnerability. So with the, with the impact without vulnerability, right, this also comes back to something you're saying about getting uncomfortable. I'll find for me is um, when, I'm, when I'm a guide for others, it's like helping them get to that space of getting to the next level. Or in this case, like what you experienced, like being able to move into and through a loss or uncertainty or what's next, right? And I find that when I'm guiding people through that, that space of discomfort, it's, it's a detachment of what was, right? A story, very much like you were talking about storytellers, we're gonna get to in a second, but like a story that they get to detach from so I'm curious because I was reading up, I was reading a little bit about uh, this course that you have. You sent me a link to this course that you're, you're doing about the thought. The, um, it's the, uh, the thought coaching, the thought uh, certification that's yeah. coming up this month. You're going to be doing like every month, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a couple processes uh, in there. Um, one was the say who was it? Yeah, the says, say, says who method. Says who method. Yes. And then there was another one. Um, uh, Release and replace. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So can you can you um, can you share a little bit uh, a little bit about what those two are, and then also how that can how those two can play into someone moving past their old story into something new. Yeah. You know. Uh, so the set two method is seven questions that as I'm and, and then I guess as as we guide people through their thoughts on pinpointing where some of these limiting beliefs, negative thoughts are coming from, because we have 70,000 thoughts a day. Um, And 90% 90 of those thoughts are repeated from the day before. And then on top of that, if they're a negative thought, they're 40 to 70 times more powerful than a positive thought. So that's bananas, isn't it? Holy. Yeah. And and it goes back to our, our origins of, origins of you know our species as human beings you know there was a time where we were we were prey or we were like trying to find the what was going to try to eat me next situation you know thousands of years ago so we are wired yep. genetically for for negativity but we have such an amazing mind and, and, and a rate of, of of evolving that we can now flip our minds to positivity um and stay in a positive space and when i mean positive paul i don't mean like you have to walk around like you are happy go lucky like everything's good all the time that's not what positivity is you know thank you positivity is positivity is like going through something like okay this sucks i i don't like this but i i believe that there's a purpose behind this and if i and if i just walk in this space if i if i can handle this suffering if i can handle this pain then something something positive will eventually come from this. I don't know what. I mean, like I lost my dad at seventeen. I wrote my book at thirty four. So it literally took half a lifetime to find a redemption project because of losing my dad to suicide. But it eventually got here. I think if you can mm. have that faith of being optimistic, being positive, and allowing yourself to to be sad some days, allowing yourself to grieve, allowing yourself to feel the emotions of sadness, the emotions of, you know, uh, frustration, and that's okay. But if you let it, but almost like they're clouds in the sky, you see them, you feel them, you let them go, but you don't hang on to them. They don't, they don't carry right. over the next day. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I do. I think that, so I, 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 I'm digging what you're saying there because it, it, it really is like, um, what are the th- what are the ways of moving past the story right like because you like i love what you said about like it's like a cloud right do i hold on to this piece or do i you know or do i just let this move through and i'm finding that that's that's a that's a big piece man because you know i'm finding that there's um there is that resistance or there can be that resistance to letting go of the old story like i want to speak for myself like i know like in the work that i like me doing my inner work like you you mentioned it took you half a lifetime to get that redemption piece like i know for me specifically in in my past relationship with my former wife it's taken me years 
to be cordial and be able to see the gem in the sadness of a divorce. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when you said like, yeah. well, yeah, this like, especially, and I really appreciate, I want to re, I want to restate this because I want to make sure that the people hear what you said. Like, you know, positivity is free of being like, yeah, everything is peaches and dandy tricks. No, it's like, okay, it's seeing what is, and then looking at what is, and then say, okay, well, there's something, there's something here, so let's find it. Mm-hmm. There's something, there's something that can help you benefit. And I think this is, this is part of being able to move past the story, right, or move past the old story, and really find the gem in something. Because I think that's something that most people fail to learn how to do. Right, yeah. they failed it. And so when you're saying with the who says who. Um, when with these series of questions, what I'm hearing you say is that it's basically you're you're unearthing where this thought is, and then is that when the replacement comes in to switch it? Yeah. So think of it, think of it like this: like these seven questions help you pinpoint where these thoughts are coming from, and sometimes these thoughts aren't even your own originate; they're from somebody else, TV, relative, whatever. Put that in your mind. Right. You got emotionally involved in it, you believed it, and then now it's kind of stuck in your subconscious. Where, like, if you think about this. Uh, think of it as like a gardener pulling out weeds from a, from a garden. So that says who method, like you're, you're taking those negative thoughts, limiting beliefs, and you're, you're pulling them out. Like you're just getting rid of them mm-hmm. because you need to create that space to allow positivity to, to plant. Cause if you don't create the space, yeah. it'll just deflect right off. And then you, you, you can be thinking positive, but if you're not feeling it, if you're not, if you don't have the space to allow it to, to, you know, grow in within you from from your heart then you know it's 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 just gonna be stuck in your head you, you're gonna be in a in a track of you know like a spy like as you know you're gonna keep going in a circle you know you just kind of mm. and spinning your wheels kind of thing you have to again dig out that negativity pull out that that tough moment that limiting belief from the root to to open that space where you can allow something that you re- so you can re- release and then replace it with something that right. a, a thought that you want to be emotionally involved with. Right. So you, you, um, you, when you just said, you brought me back to another piece you said earlier about, um, you talked before about like people experiencing something like, say for example, it's sadness and people being resistant to feeling the sadness. And then you just said, um, feeling and accepting the feelings. And, um, it's interesting because I think that when people are resistant to accepting the feelings, right? Like, especially this is what this is men talk about. My thing is I work with men. I find that more men are resistant to feeling, right? It's more like, I'm good. I'm good. Now, you know, a man could be crumbling inside, yet mm-hmm. they're still going to have that facade on like, I'm I'm fine. I'm okay. And I find that that's where the depression and the mental illness and the mental health issues start to arise, man. Um, And that's when the thoughts can come in about, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm this, um, like my old story is like, I'm not good enough or I don't matter. Um, So it's it's interesting that you mentioned that. I think that's a key component. Um, Mm -hmm. That you're talking to. And you know, and you know, the problem with that is it's our male ego. And uh, a buddy of mine mm, told me a great, tell me about a, great, a great acronym for ego is edging God out. That's what I mean. That's the enemy's biggest, biggest weapon is our ego. And you know, it's like, yep. the, you know, to think that we don't need it or to dismiss what we're feeling inside is, is ego. And, and, you know, I think that was one of my biggest drawbacks whenever I was, you know, 18 to 25 i i externally i made everything look like things were all good but i mean internally i had a lot of things that i was i was really working through like you know indecisiveness was a big one you know um and uh self-confidence you know self-image you know all these things internally that i was like you know people on the outside like oh yeah he's got a good sense of humor he's a funny guy jason's always doing good he's he's going but man i would make a decision i was like wow was that the right one should i have done that and i would like follow that up and I would second guess myself and I would go down the spiral of like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know, it's like, and, yeah. and it was all ego. I was, I was nervous about making decisions first of all. And then when I made them, I would second guess. 
And now I realize that successful people, they, they trust their intuition. They're, they're fully aware of who they are internally. So when they make a decision, they know something positive is going to come from it. It may not be right away, but it, it's based off of a in, internal knowing that this is what I need to do next. Damn. Notes again. Um, damn, you just hit on so many things. Like when you said trust in the intuition, that last piece was really summed it up, man, because I think it's, oh man, I want to collect my thoughts for a second because I think a lot of this is that the trusting, right? And the ego gets us in this space of like, well, if this doesn't happen, then I look like a fool. And, or if, if, if I don't get this, then what are people going to think? Yeah. It's like this ego driven type of mentality. Successful cats, like they can trust, they have that, that trust intuition, right? And they also recognize there's some risk. Mm-hmm. Like, and, they, and they're free of staying in emotion. Like the successful people I, I've, I've really gotten to know well, I notice that they have an ability to move in and through a situation quickly. Yeah. Like if they take a loss, they're like, oh man, okay, I took a loss. Like, well, I did, this did happen. So, okay, what's the next opportunity? Rather yeah. than like, oh, I don't know if I could do that, man. This is, you saw what happened just there, right? Nah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to take that risk again. Yeah. They, they're in the same spot. And, it, and, it, and it's calculated risk too. It's like it, they pre-planned it. They, they have purpose behind it. And they know that there's a high level of impact because of them moving into that space. And they know that they're going to help people with it. Like, you know, successful, the most successful people that I've met are the biggest helpers. They are, they are in it for, they're trying to change humanity to make it a better place. They're not worried about like how much money they're making. They're not worried about what kind of cars they drive, houses they live in. They're not worried about all the the material superficial stuff. They are literally in it to, to help people make life more convenient, easier, um, better, more exciting, you know, whatever it is, or help people even get people out from, uh, you know, their, their stuck place of like, they feel like there's no way out, you know, kind of thing. And you and I talked about right. how do we close the gap yesterday? Um, yeah, man. and I think, you know, where you provide space for people when they look back in their life, like, it was, I have what I have and I succeeded because of the decisions and the choices I made, not because of uh, some systemic, you know, uh, situation. It's because of, I had every opportunity given to me and it was my choice to take that opportunity and run with it or it was my choice to not do anything. Right. And I hear ownership in that too, though. You know, there's, you know, as, as you're saying that, I, I was I'm thinking about, again, the very same situation we started talking about yesterday. And, and, you know, you and I referred a couple of times to this conversation yesterday. So, unfortunately, for those that are listening right now, you weren't all, you all weren't in on it. So, ha-ha. But, no, no, seriously, like what we were talking about yesterday is uh, more coaching, all right? And what Jason said, closing that gap. And to give a, a context, we were talking about what are the ways to get someone to that next level. Right. And I was talking about, okay, if I say someone's, um, if someone's looking to save money and they're not saving anything, we could say, okay, I'm going to get you to save $200 a month. Right. And Jason was saying, well, listen, to close that gap, it may have to be less because it's more about training behaviors. Right. Because some people say, and this is interesting. The more I thought about this, like some people that $200, that $200 piece, that'll be a challenge. Right. And I see that as like, the challenge to the people that trust intuition. They may get the $200, they may get more, they may get less, yet they still understand that it's going to lead to something bigger, right? And then the people that see that as like, whoa, that's too daunting, they may lose the, what is really behind it of building the habit, right? Building the habit of what it means to be successful, what it means to thrive, what it means to be abundant. So hearing that, uh, Jason, like with your experience and what you've been doing, what are some of the key themes you see in supporting people in creating different habits to move into that place that they lose 
and into a place where they gain? I think it's uh, first you just have to be real honest with yourself. Like you have to be real honest about your uh, your habits yourself and, and really self-reflect. And if you're willing to do that and say, hey, I acknowledge this is where I'm at. I acknowledge these are the areas I need help in. Um, like, for example, if it's saving money, like, hey, you know what? I like to spend. I, uh, you know, and I don't save very much. Like, okay, hey, that's an acknowledgement. All right. So, you know, next month we're going to practice, let's save five bucks. You put five bucks in a savings account. Next month after that, we're going to double that. We're going to save 10 bucks. You've just doubled your savings. Because, again, you and I talked about it's the words that we say. You say, hey, I just doubled my savings. It doesn't matter how much you save. You still doubled it. Technically, your subconscious mind doesn't know. Like, they don't they doesn't know numbers per se. Numbers are all perception. It doesn't matter if it's 10 bucks right. or 10,000 bucks. You know, you still doubled what you saved. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's also willing to put off the good for the great. Like, it's delayed, delayed gratification. We live in such a popcorn society where everybody wants everything right now. You know, they want the best of the best right now, but they're not willing to to wait. They're not willing to wait. And so they settle for good yeah. when they could have great if they would just wait a year, wait a year and a half, or maybe five years, maybe it's 10 years. But if if I told you that there was a there was $10 million waiting in five years for you and you, all you had to do was these certain exercises, would you wait out the five years? Would you be willing to do that to put off, you know, something else? for? And, I, and that's not to be specific on anything but just giving you a heads up, if you have a great idea and let's say maybe it fails or maybe you just need to tweak something, but you know there's a there's a pot of gold at the end of Ramo because you can see this help people. Like would you right. would you stay after it? You know? Right. And I would say, Yeah, I would, but but we don't have that that foresight to see like, oh man, okay. I see the good that this could have in people. So I'm right. gonna stick with this. Like, that's why I got into thought coaching because mm. I was like, I see what's ahead with this because this is more specific. This gets people on a thought level. I don't have to tell them to do anything. I just have to tell them to think differently. If I can get you to think right. differently, I can get you – then you, you're going to act differently on your own. When you act differently, you're going to get better results, and you're going to take ownership, and you're going to be so excited because you feel like you're the one that is the captain of your own ship and that you're not relying yep. upon me to tell you what to do all the time exactly listen this is i think this is the this is the trend i see going from coaching into guides into guidance right because it's very similar to what we were discussing yesterday too is about helping people to find their way rather than hey okay these are these different steps i'm going to give you like it's uniform for everyone to follow and then everyone to get the same success no um, that's why I really appreciate what you're doing with like asking these questions and having people explore themselves, man, because listen, I don't know how many times, well, it, what, you know, other than when you're doing this, when do we get taught things like this? Never. Right. <laughs> Never. It's bananas. It's so, yeah. it's, it's, it, and why I say this, right, you know, is People expect, like you just said, people expect things to just drop, right? Now it's like, and it's right, it's, I think it's a society now where it's like, well, I want this now. Give it to me. Jeez, I want, I want some lemonade. Here it is. Rather, rather than saying, well, okay, I want to make some authentic lemonade. I'm going to grow a lemon tree. That may take a year. That's going to take something. But you know what, though? Rather than me going to buy lemonade, I take that year, and I got a constant source of lemons. I can make my own lemonade whenever the hell I want to. But right? are you waiting? Will, and it's are like, you willing to wait the year, though? Are you willing to wait? There it is, man. Are you willing to wait? And, and so I, I, like, I look at it as like, are you willing to wait? And also, am I willing to be be patient and present it's part of the journey right the journey is like really is the gold really it's like well shoot man i became this like we talk about like someone saying well i don't save any money but the next month shoot you save 10 bucks you save ten dollars more than you well it's only ten dollars but and it's ten dollars you save that's just and, and i say yeah. this because it's like you know, the, the patience and presence is key because it's also about, that I'm finding, and I, and I sense this with you as well, it's about getting people to acknowledge the small wins, 
that lead to the bigger goal rather than being like, well, I, I only got this. I only did this. Like, and where were you last month? Yeah. You had silk. Now you got $10. Next month, you put in another $5. You got 15 Whatever it is, celebrating those things because really it's about building the habits, man. And that's like a lot of people I feel like I think are lacking patience, myself included in times, man. Yeah, I know. It's, it's not, it's not, I'm not saying it's like easy that you just start doing it like, oh, man. But the more you yeah, make true. it a behavior, the more you make it a behavior, like, or you automate things. Like, for example, my wife and I, we automate our savings every month. Like, it just goes. Like, we don't even look at it. Yeah. We don't even pay. Like, it just, it just goes without us even thinking about, like, putting it in a Roth IRA or putting it in a mutual fund or whatever. Like, we don't even, we don't do it manually. It's just something that we automate, you know? Um mm -hmm. And it's, it's things like that where, you know, if you automate something, you don't even realize it's happening. Like, you don't even think about it. Like, okay, cool. There it goes. All right, now I got to figure out, hey, what's my bottom line after I automate this? Like, paying yourself first kind of thing, you know? Um, right. And it's – it's yeah. I do this with my four-year-old son a lot. Like, he'll want something right now. Like, it's it's natural for us to want something right now. Like, oh, yeah. buddy, I know you I know you want a sucker right now, but just not yet. Because we gotta drive home right now, and and if you're eating a sucker and you start choking on it, and I gotta pull over to do the do the Heimlich on you, that's gonna be a really that's gonna be a really tough situation because you're in a car seat. And so he's yeah. I'm like, Lewis, like if you could just wait till we get home, I just the, the answer is not yet. And at first right. he was like, I want, like, you know, he threw his four year old temper tantrum that kind of stuff. But now he got, I was like, Hey man, aren't you glad you waited? Now you have your sucker, and then you can just. Eat it at home and yep. it's all good, man. Aren't you glad right. you waited? He was like, "Yeah, I'm glad I have it now." I was like, "See, just sometimes the answer is not ever no per se. It's just not yet." Right, right. Oh, dude, spot on, man. And you know, and as um as as you're talking, I'm remembering you work with athletes. So I'm curious with your experience of, of what you've been doing, do you see a difference in how athletes um, uh, address what we're talking, like as far as like the goals and changing habits, do you see a difference in how they approach that compared to someone that's uh, free of, uh, that's, that's, that's not, that's uh, other than an athlete? Well, the great thing about athletics is you have all your stats and everything right in front of you. Everything is, is out in the open. You know, you know, whenever you miss a jumper or, you know, whenever you slice it, like, you know, on a, on a golf swing, you know, whenever you slice it or hook it, you get instant feedback, you know. And so right. um, you can kind of, you know, digress or, or think about, like, hmm, what could I have done differently the next time to get a better result? You know, so I think that's where athletics is so like, – that's where a lot of people uh, with athletes, you know, they, they are, they're used to getting constant feedback. And, and the great athletes – are the best listeners too because they want that feedback because they want to get better you know that's what makes the great ones right. great is their humility to to be aware of what their weaknesses are and what their strengths are and but they're never satisfied you know they're they're mm -hmm. excited about their progress but they're never satisfied you know um, yeah. and so i think that's the key there is like since you get such quick feedback on things you know you know like you lost you won you know, you, you score 25 points, you score two points. You can always go back and look at film and say, well, hmm, I wonder why that happened. It's about, at least on the pro and the high college level, even high school level. Right. You know, everything gets filmed now. So you can see everything in front of you. Your flaws, what you did great. So it's always instant feedback in athletics. Right. Mm. So they have – so so for the, for the people, for the men listening, or, you know, for for people listening, would you suggest that there's some sort of like as they're learning to change or they want to shift habits, would you suggest that there be some sort of they create some sort of metric or align to some sort of metric to get feedback on 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 their progression? Or do you I mean how do you see that? Yeah, I mean I think like a mentor is somebody that is, you know, worth its weight in gold, in my opinion. Like I've, I've had mentors that have come to my life naturally. I've invested in mentors. I've done both ways. Um, yeah. And, and 
and I'm glad that I, I did that no matter what, because you, everybody has a personal currency, whether it maybe, maybe you have great connections with people, maybe you're financially well off, maybe it's, uh, you own a business or you can provide a great service or something, but you know, it's like, what, what can I give if I want to learn from somebody that's where, that's where I want to be, but they're there already. What can I give in a situation that's going to help me stand out and notice me so I can get mentored by the right people? Because you can get mentors. People, everybody has opinions. They, they're going to tell you what to do. But, but get, get advice from people that are where you want to, want to go. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I'm not going to go get advice from my neighbor who's, you know, maybe they're in, they're in landscaping, but I don't want to become a, a college basketball coach. Like they're going to tell you what they think, but it's not going to be worth their opinion. It's not going to be worth very much because they don't know. Like it's like we ask people mm. what they think, but they don't, they, they, they're like, you. Yeah, they don't know. So I think it's key, yeah. like finding those people in the, in the, with YouTube, like you don't, you can almost don't have to seek them out. You can just watch what they do or you can watch videos because mm. all the, all the most successful people have a YouTube channel. They have Instagram, they have social media, they have LinkedIn, you know, right. you, and then just mimic their behavior. Just and but make it personalized to yourself at the same time, you know. But I think you know that's that's one thing you can do is is find mentors and and some of the people that I, that I consider mentors I've never met, yet. but I just I just love what they do. I love what they've done, based off of the results yep. they're getting. So it's it's interesting because what you said, um, get advice or uh, from those that are where I want to go. And as you said that, I'm thinking of um, a, an exercise I do when I'm working with, with me is I ask them when, I, when we were working on language, I ask, what do you want? And the majority of time, it starts off with, I don't want. Well, I don't want, like, I don't want someone that is flaky. I don't want someone that is blah, blah, blah. And what I found out with language is that, like, when we use this not configuration, like, I don't want, it's actually the brain is free of processing not, so it actually gives us what we don't want. Right. And you're 100% spot on there, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's bananas. And, and it's wild because, like, finding the mentor is really, again, about the self-work, right? Like, what do I want? to go yeah. into what do I want to move into and that in my judgment is just as important as as going to get the mentor right you know it's figuring out what do I want and in that space that's like a whole that's like a whole new level man um yeah. that like, I think uh, a lot of people fail to recognize you know for example my my mentor his name is Robert Pascuzzi and he wrote a wrote a novel called the ravine and it's getting ready to come out as a movie but he didn't have any movie experience he did he's done a movie but now they've and this has been like a 10-year project because he was work he was willing to do what it took to get this going and i i invested yeah. in it. i was like hey man i want you to teach me because i have a book now i think maybe one day i want to turn it into a movie what you know and so i went through a process called thinking into results um and uh him and his wife were you know, they, they taught you about how your mind works. They taught you about paradigms. They taught you about how to develop a mastermind. You know, there's like 12 weeks and it was like six months of invested time that I, time and money that I put in, but it was, it was what I needed, you know, and it was what I, right. what I wanted to do. So I was like, man, this, this is, I want what he has. I want, whether it's his mentality, whether it's his lifestyle, he has two, he's, he's raising three boys. I have two boys. You know, what did he do to get his kids to where they're at, where they're going to be successful? I just want to learn. From I just want to be in the same space as you, you know, and and, right. so I, and then there's other guys where like, you know, a basketball coaching mentor of mine who's actually his brother-in-law. Um, I just built a relationship on him trust. Like every time he asked me to do something, I made sure I did it very well because that way, like he, he was impressed by my work and he would be willing to spend more time with me because I, he saw the quality of work that I'm willing to do or willing to learn, you know? So there's two examples of it of, you know, just finding the right people. And then, and even though I haven't invested any money per se in one of them, I invested quality of work. You're always investing. Mm. Right. You know, that's right. what people fail to realize. Everybody think it's, thinks it's all money based. Like, you know, like 
you can still invest your time. Your, your, your personal currency doesn't have to be money. It can be your quality of work. It can be who you know. It can be anything. Like, there's other avenues. You just got to get creative. Yeah, man. Jason, dude, I swear to goodness, if, we were, if, if this thing was like a portal, I would come in and hug you or give you a high five. Because you just, you, just, you just hit it, man. I, you know, the perception, the story we tell ourselves is that, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for everybody, I'm going to speak for myself. Like, it, when I'm in those spaces, the story I tell myself is like, oh, I got to offer them money. And it's like, I'm thinking that that's the only, and really what I say to myself in those moments is like, I'm only worth, like, it's only about money for me. Whereas like other commodities are my time, my energy, my space, my energetic space that I hold, my attention, um, my support, my uh, sharing. Well, there's all these different commodities. And when people start to think like, oh, well, I got to have this amount of money. It's like, well, hold up. What, who says this? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is that? Like, who, who says that has to be that way? And I think it's important for people to, like, I think that's where people get a lot of the boxes they get put, they put themselves in, too. It's like, yeah. well, if, they're gonna, if I'm going to work with them, it's like putting someone on a pedestal, almost. Like, when I say that, and for people listening, like, like I put, there's times I put people on a pedestal, too, right? And I want to be clear in... in and this is free of judgment. I just, my thing, and I think, Jason, I'm free of speaking for you. I think this is something that you're trying to relate to is that, you know, there are people out there that want to help and support us when we know what we want. There's an energetic exchange that can come about when we get intentional with where we want to go. Um, just like we talked before about your, your different poles. When we can get intentional with where we want to go, the, the guides will open up for us. And the thing is, is that, what I've found in most spaces is that a lot of times when I go check or I go find a guide, I'm contributing to them in ways that they had, they didn't know that they, they needed help with. So to give a perfect example, one of my coaches that's really, that helped me out with my language and words, my man, my man, John Tompkins, he's the godfather of, of language for me. Like me, I, it was, it was about my time. Right. And like, what can I offer him? So for me, it was teaching him how to use Zoom, mm. right? Because now yeah. he, he's an older man. So like he didn't have that practice. Like as he has patience for me and teaching me about words every week, we hop on my Zoom call and now I'm teaching him how to use Zoom. So now he's got his Zoom up. He's doing clients on Zoom, right? He's still making revenue, right? And I'm in, listen, we have that time. So it's an example, like there was no monetary exchange. However, there was an exchange of resources. John had a knowledge and I had a knowledge. We're able to support each other and help each other out. And I think that's important for people to listen and hear, especially as we, we, we start to shift our thoughts and we start to go beyond the story. Man. We start to go beyond our story. Um, yeah. And uh, listen, I, quick, want, I, yeah. I, want you, I want you to think about this for just like, let this sit for a little bit. But it's three words. It's three simple words. Helpers get helped. So what I mean by that is if you, if you give first, if you offer help first, it may not be directly from you know, the person that you help, but the way God's universe is created, givers gain. You know, so mm. if you're open and willing to give, Gratefully give and then humbly receive. So if you are in a space of giving first, then be open to whatever is received after that. You know, like uh, I uh, I met Scott because Scott Mason, our mutual friend, because he uh, he was a friend of of a guy that I met, um, and I I've been you know we've been building relationships. He's like, hey, I got somebody you should know. I, I really appreciate what you're doing with helping me with kind of what I'm going through. So like, yeah, it should be. Great. And it was Scott. I was like, hey, man, Scott, you should get to know these five people. And then this time we came directly from Scott. And then Scott was like, hey, you need to go meet Paul. I don't, like, I love what you're doing. So it's becoming – all of us have a backwards. We always say, like, what can I get? What can I get? Right. And then you, you try to get something, but then you get stuck. Like, you got to come from a place of giving first and then just allowing the good that you're giving to come back to you and receive what comes from that. 
Because you know if you give him mm. first, then just be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm cool with receiving because I've done the work of giving first. Right, man. Dude. It's – oh, man. To add to what you're saying, first of all, helpers get help. That's freaking giver's game. That's gold. I think that's going to be one of our video clips, by the way. Um, off the same. Um, damn, man. Uh, and as I said that, I lost my thought, but that's all right. <laughs> I'll get it back. But I, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's, um, what you just said is so huge because it's an energetic of being of service. Like I, I talked about this in a past podcast, the element of being of service is so um in my judgment i think it's needed now because that space of hey who can i help or who can i be of service to is a a sense of community and trust jason um it's being able to see into an unknown and being free of attachment to receiving anything back because some people can be in this thing where it's like, well, I gave. And that kind of comes back to this the patience and presence. Some people yeah. can say, well, like, I gave two weeks ago. Where's my return? Like, whoa. So you gave to get rather yeah. than to give. Well, then the more you give, right. too, the faster you receive, though, at the same time. And then and don't keep score. Like, I never keep score. Like, if, if, I, if I send somebody, like, hey, you need to know five people, I don't expect them to send me five people back. I don't care if they do or not. Because I know, like, right. at some point, it's going to become, it might come from a different sort that I, that I need to be open to. And if you expect it to come from one person, you're limiting God's power. Because Ooh. maybe he has yeah. somebody else that's going to give you something better than what that person that, that you expect somebody to get something back from can give you anyways. Dude. Can you say that again, please? I think, I think for, for the people in the back. For the people in the back, man. <laughs> you know, shoot, bro. That was hitting right there, man. Oh, dude. That, man. Listen, Jason, you, you brother, I, I'm, I'm excited. Like I said yesterday, I'm excited that individuals get to learn from you, right? And individuals get to experience your energy. I'm happy that you're on this podcast so people can get to hear more about you, your insight. Um, before uh, before we start to wrap this up, man, I want to because you have some, dude, you have some powerful stuff going on right now, bro. Yo, King, you got you got this certification coming up, right? I'm actually I'm I'm gonna look on this email because like when you send me stuff, I was like, dude, he's got some stuff rocking right now. Like, hold up, where's your email, man? Um, I, I think text. I sent it to you via text. Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you got. So, so a couple things, right? First of all, if you could talk about the uh, the athletes twenty four week essential, pivotal because I think because I know uh, a lot of our listeners are dealing with athletes, and then if you also you could talk about the thought coach certification for post traumatic growth, that I I would appreciate that because I, I know I want to be in um, the thought coach one. So for the yeah. people that are listening, if you could share, that'd be great. So so forty four D athletes is like it stands for four dimensional athlete, and that's like it's for it's designed to help 12 to 20 year old kids in sports um, athletes uh, understand who they are through essential life skills, um, essential life skills such mm-hmm. as uh, achieving and setting the right kind of goals, uh, decision-making gratitude, you know, relationships, uh, how your mind works. You know, we get into things like um, different strategies on like understanding like how like you can, you can make the most of your mind and how you can control your mind instead of your mind. And controlling you um and, mm. and even and even getting into stuff like uh, a farmer's mentality of building habits that's what our you know our one week free is that we a demo week is it's how to build great habits you know that's what we uh want to give to people like so you can kind of see what it's like and, and our goal with this is um for parents for athletes for coaches and for athletes to all be learning the same things together through an online format that takes 10 to 12 minutes a day. Doesn't take that much time, but you open so many opportunities to talk to teenagers, to talk to young adults about subjects that you never thought that you would talk about. 
Um, and it's mm. 24, like I said, it's 24 weeks of content and it's five micro lessons a week with a reflection day and a review day. Um, you know, so it's, so there's seven days, you know, so like we really believe in, and our, our mission is to, to transform a hundred million athletes through sports by teaching essential life skills. Um, and so that's what we're on a, on a mission to do, man. Um, and we just believe this will, will change a generation, you know, because if we, if we create a brighter future, it's only going to help us, um, as we get older, you know, if our, if the young people coming up are, we know they're going to be smarter. We know they're going to be more tech savvy, but do they have the, the life skills to help them be successful in whatever they do professionally? Now, cause we know they're going to do something professionally and 1% of 1% of them will do it in sports. 99% of them will be doing it in something else. You know, yep. that's the reality. That's the numbers. Uh, numbers don't lie. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's um, right. Numbers don't lie, man. But uh, numbers don't lie. And so I, I, so, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, please. Well, uh, well, I'm just thinking like what you're doing is great for the athletes on the field and is great for them in the field of life. So I appreciate what you said yeah. there. I mean, I think that's huge because listen, we talked about this yesterday, like 1% of 1% is going to get paid to play a professional sport. What happens with the other people, right? And what happens with the other athletes? They get paid to be in sports. Like you could be a coach. You could be, uh, you know, work in the front office, you know, whatever. Be a broadcaster. There's, yeah. there's tons of ways you can be paid in sports. But actually playing yep. them, actually being a participant in them, man, that's that's a small number, man, to be honest, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but that doesn't mean you shouldn't dream, though. You know, I think you should definitely dream, right. you know, and believe that right. you can, you know. I think because somebody's got to play. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I just think that we just think that if you have the essential life skills mastered whenever you get 18, 19, 20 years old, the world of opportunities just opens for you, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's transforming kids where and transformation means like you don't fall back into old ways. Like you are a, you are a new person because you've gone through this and, and you don't yeah. like, you don't want to be who you were because what you are now is so much better. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love it. I love it, man. Now tell us a little bit about the post uh, about the post traumatic growth course. The thought, the thought yeah. Course. So, so the thought coaching is with the uh, with Ora Nadrich's uh, Institute for Transformational Thinking, and so what I'm doing is a facilitator. So as you go through the four week course, I help you facilitate the material. I help you understand how to how to be a, a thought coach, a thought guide. Um, and my two areas of expertise are post-traumatic growth and athletics. So let's say you're, let's say you're a coach and you want to learn how to get in the mind of athletes. This will also work for that. Um, and I've, I've also added, uh, some, some other tips and tricks too, um, as well, like, you know, asking, empowering why and what questions, um, you know, things like, like, and you're like, Hey, what are those? I'm like, well, you got to sign up to check it out. Um, right. and then, right. and then also like, with with this group of people, whoever signs up, you know, we're gonna do a mastermind group. You're, like, it's 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 two hundred and forty eight dollars, I think. But my goal is to give you twenty five hundred dollars worth of value, meaning like connections you make, strategies you do, like you're like you know any kind of any kind of digital paperwork you might need to set yourself up for success. That's all included in there to help you. There's right. meditations in there as well. You know, there's so much value in there that investing you know 250 bucks you have a chance to to transform people's lives through their thoughts and again my my specialty is uh post-traumatic growth in sports a buddy of mine he's he's helping he's helping people that want to help uh he i want to coach uh people on addictions and, and overcoming addictions because that's something that mm. he worked through you know so there's different gotcha. different specialties that people are working with not just post traumatic growth not just sports but she's really laying out these other people as well and getting more mm-hmm. niched getting more specific you know what i mean yeah man it, that's dude i i'm excited uh i'm excited to take this course in september man um august is packed i'm excited to take this course in september because of what you're saying i'm like this is you know, I think this is something great to learn. Um, and I like the, the thought of connections and looking through the program. Like, I like what you're putting together there. Um, where do people get get in contact with you and to register for these things? Man? Um, I can uh, I can send you the link, and then you can, if you don't mind, put it on the show notes. Um, for the sure, absolutely. 
And then, you know, LinkedIn is where I'm most active because I believe LinkedIn is, is one of the best platforms as far as like finding people who are on purpose and, and getting through the, the trash of other social media. Um, mm, and, good call. I mean, I'm on, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just to put co positive content out there because I, I just, there's, there's gotta be some opposites. Like people just go on social media just to rant most of the time, especially Facebook. But like, I'm just going to post positive things out there and then just ignore the rest, you know, and whoever yeah. interacts with me, cool. That's fine. That means we resonate. If you don't good, because then that means I don't have to worry about messing with you anyways, you know, so don't waste, <laughs> don't waste my time. It. Right. Yeah. yeah, I love it, man. Yo, keep that energy over there, man. Keep it over there. Yeah, I don't have vibe time high, that. man. Yeah, right. listen, vibe high, dude. Like it's it's a lesson I'm learning, and continue to practice. Listen, and this is another gem from this podcast: is check in on your energy. If if you're you're in a space where people are draining your shit, draining your energy, move them to the side. Step your game up, man. Step your game up, and there's plenty of ways. Uh, Jason gave some ways here, whether you're an athlete or someone that works with athletes. Um, I'm, I'm going to do this course because with what I'm doing, I think it's going to fit right in. It's going to like fit like a perfect puzzle piece into helping people with their words and language. Um, Jason, man, like this has been huge, dude. I really appreciate you taking this time with me today. And um, I'm curious, man, like with everything that we've gone over today, I feel like we covered a lot. And, and what you're doing like is there something that you wanted to express uh or get across today to the people that are listening to this uh to this podcast that we have yet to cover that you want to cover um i think you know for people that maybe might be in a funk right now or you might be like you know struggling with some things you tend to look at lack you know you tend to look at you know, all the things going wrong. And I think the best way to get out of that is ask yourself, what can I give somebody else? What can I give? And that mm -hmm. might be as simple as like smiling at somebody in your family or sending like a positive text message to a, to a friend of yours. Maybe you haven't seen in a while. Um, yeah. You know, or writing, even like going old school and writing a friend a letter and, and uh, saying, hey, man, you know, wanted to reach out, see how you were doing, do it old school. I, just like think of something old school letter can, yikes yeah or or email you know or whatever or a message letters no letters out. good man um, go letter that's a good look right there you know i just think there's like yeah. what can you what can you give that, whenever i get stuck in a rut i'm like okay man i think i'm just in myself right now. i'm in my own feelings right now like kind of like which is fine but the best way i can get out of it is by giving something to somebody else you know giving Ooh. maybe it's making dinner for my family Maybe it's and, and and getting emotionally involved with like them being excited about whatever it is I'm making because you know it's, it's it was it was really good or whatever and um I think that's the best way to get out of a funk is is just trying to find ways you can give to somebody else and them you know reaping the benefits of you being a giver. Damn, brother! Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I am grateful for this space because, you know, one of the reasons I do this podcast is to connect with other men that are visionaries, that are men of service, and you fit that to the, to the, to the tip top, man. Um, I'm happy that we're connected, man. I'm excited of what's possible with this connection going forward. And uh, I'm excited for you for what you got going on, man, because I know whoever's going to be taking your courses, it's, it's going to light them up. I'm also grateful I did this outside because I got my vitamin yeah. D fix for the hour. Hallelujah. I don't even know if people are going to be able to see me on this. I'll take a look at the, uh, at, the, uh, <laughs> at, the, at the replay. And it's all good, man. So wrapping up, everyone that's listening, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the Men Talk About podcast. This podcast is about men um, and those honing and harnessing their masculine energy. This is about development. This is about inner work. This is about education. There's a lot of ways that we can educate ourselves. And this is about what are we giving, right? What's the information that we're giving? We take this time, we take this opportunity to give to you because we want to see the best for you. We want to see you in the highest form that you could be. 
So thank you for listening. You like what this is, share with friends, check out the show notes so you can register for Jason's class and be well, be well, be well. Thank you everyone. Jason, any last words before we wrap up, man? Hey man, just uh, do your best every day and be happy with that, you know, cause you can only do with what you, with what you have. So just try to get 1% better mm-hmm. every day. What's up, man? It's a blessing. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate you. Maybe we'll have a part two, man. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's Sounds do good, it. Man. All right, Thanks man. for having me. My pleasure, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and this conversation I had with Jason. Uh, listen, after after listening to this podcast a couple times and in, in editing and, and to really hear the content for myself, uh, I, I took notes. Uh, there are definitely some gems in there from Jason that I, I found helpful and useful. And it, his information will be in the show notes. And if you're an athlete or your your kids are athletes, uh, check out his his uh, his contribution to athletes. 4D athletes is courses dot four D as in David athletes dot com. And also he's doing a course uh, a thought coach certification with the Institute for Transformational Thinking at iftt.podia.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for listening. This is the Men Talk About podcast for men's development, men's education, men's inner work. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for, for supporting. And leave some comments. Let me know what some what are some of the topics that you want to hear so we can, we can bring this to the forefront and contribute to our ascension and our contribution to the world. Be well all and until the next time.